Hello, listeners of New and Old, and welcome to Farmology, a podcast for fellow yeehaws and hosted by your local North Central, North Central Ohio rednecks. Get insider information on the newest equipment and lifestyle practices that are sure to boost your profit right here. Last week, we were joined by a dairy farmer and discussed the rapidly decreasing number of dairy cattle farms and why they're losing money fast. It's a daily reminder, drink milk from local farms, not Walmart. Smith's Dairy is a nice choice. All right, and this week, we are going to be more in-depth in terms of social and ethical concerns with the topic of genetically engineered livestock. This is a warning to PETA. If you're listening for some reason, it would be best to turn back now. And although may have, some of you may have not heard of the new technology being introduced to livestock these days, it is a topic that very well may be important in future years. So let's first discuss what livestock that has been genetically modified can do and the repercussions of interacting with these natural animal genes. So animals are genetically modified for a couple of reasons. One is disease resistant, where animals don't get sick as easily or they don't get sick at all. Healthier meat, more nutritious meat, finer quality of wool. There's also animals are able to be modified to have specific proteins in their milk. So dairy cows and goats can have specific proteins that change the quality of the milk. And also faster growth rates and maturity rates, so they reach breeding age and market age quicker. So to begin, most of you probably don't know exactly how they can modify animals' DNA to get the results they want. So I'm going to try to break it down into simpler terms. There are multiple ways of genetically engineering an organism. But the main ones are viral vectors, genome editing, and cloning. The easiest one to identify is cloning, where it's basically where a fertilized egg is inserted into a live womb and creates an exact genetic copy of a material donor. Viral vectors contain DNA that encodes genes and are mainly used for sickness prevention and resistance to viruses. And then uh, the third one, genome editing, is just simply the use of a molecular guide to change DNA while it's still present in the animal. So hopefully those make sense to you. And now if someone asks how genetic engineering can be done, you can sound like a genius. Okay, ranchers and livestock owners, no matter where they live, deal with diseases and sickness. The spread of bacteria is closely monitored in especially pig and dairy operations because some viruses can spread quickly throughout the farm and even to other farms. So they're killing the moneymakers. Now the reason I bring this problem up is because a largely advertised use of genetically modified animals is disease resistance and their ability to slow the spread of sickness. Although no tests have been done to prove this claim, let me tell you why it may not be a good thing. Hopefully the words factory farms are familiar. And if not, they are basically the most intensive type of animal farming. They're the ones that are ruining livestock production's reputation as the animals live in terrible conditions and in overall bad health. 
Now, the ability to resist disease and slow the spread would only worsen the living standards at these huge, quote-unquote, farms, if you can even call them that, <clears throat> and make the overcrowding worse. The increasing amount of factory operations would only compound the amount of distaste ranchers and livestock owners get these days, and it would ultimately ruin animal farming's name. Because who was the media going to show to the public? The terrible living conditions of factory farms? Or and the horrible treatment of animals, or the smaller operations that actually care for the animal's well-being. I think you can figure out which one is going to get more attention and how it's going to be portrayed to the public eye. Bad publicity would lead to slower demand, which would lead to the suffering of producers, similar to what is happening to the dairy industry. So I understand if there's one group of people that couldn't care less about what other people think, it's the agricultural community. However, the public does unfortunately determine how much money farmers make based on the products they buy. Genetically engineered livestock has historically not been accepted well. A poll from the Cornell Alliance for Science reports that 43% support the using of technology to produce more nutritious meat. And 43% may seem like a lot, even though it's less than half, but let's think about it. Those people who have taken the poll may have not been edu educated enough on this topic. They don't know the repercussions that can occur, and we'll get into those shortly. They just be like, oh, you know, more nutritious meat. That's not counting more effective growth rates and maturity or more efficient like wool and like other products milk. So what may happen when they learn about the harm? So think about it. What could happen if they learn about the harmful effects of genetically modified animals? They learn that they can, the effects cannot only harm the animals themselves, but the humans consuming them as well. And let's not forget about the environment. So as of now, raising genetically engineered animals are not profitable based on these estimates. So before you go freak out on me and frantically scream, she's from PETA! Let me explain where I come from. So I live in Ohio, which is a rural state, and my great-grandpa used to deal with and sell racing horses in and from Europe. My grandpa used to run both a feedlot and a cow-calf operation. He still thinks of himself as a beef producer, although the only cattle in his barn are 4-H dealers, and there's like six of them. <laughs> so consequently, my mom grew up on that cattle operation. Currently, we have livestock-wise two horses, two steers, and about 20 goats that are used to breed for meat goats that are then sold to local foragers. So, I may not be the most experienced, but I kind of do know what I'm talking about. I know what it takes to run both operations both large and small and the amount of care that these animals get. Now, not to put labels, but good livestock owners think of these animals as living beings, contrary to popular popular belief. We understand what they're used for and it's not it doesn't mean we don't treat them well. We give them a good life until they're made they're used for what they're made for. So we may not let them into our house and spoil them to city slicker terms, but we do anything in our power to keep these animals happy and healthy. I mention this because there are terrible unintended consequences to genetic engineering. 
So let's get into those. To be blunt, there's an abundance of outcomes that can come out of modifying an animal's DNA. So don't hold your breath for this list. Gastric ulcers, lethargy, lameness, cognitive complications, missing limbs, missing organs, deformities both mental and physical, enlarged tongues, extra vertebrae, and so many more. So most of these animals produced by cloning and that are born from a live womb do not live past six months if they do happen to be born alive. So this is my main concern about transforming perfectly functional DNA into what we want it to be. Like we specifically want, you know, certain parts of the animal to come out. And I'm not telling you what to think, but this should be one of your main concerns too. These animals are suffering by something that was inflicted on them purposefully just because we feel the need to fix something that is not broken. Now, you may be confused. What isn't broken? What are people trying to fix? I'm talking about the world's panic when discussing the amount of food produced and the growing population. So, some claim that we are not cranking out enough food for the amount of people on our planet because there are still people living in There's still people starving. So those people that claim that are the same people that ignore the poverty-stricken towns and the other complications that prevent people from accessing food. The Guardian, a British daily newspaper, says that the world produces enough food to feed 10 billion people. Poverty and hunger prevail because of economics, not scarcity. And they had a point there. Our agricultural system produces enough food, so changing animals to be more efficient in growth and maturity is not the solution to starvation. Food is wasted every day, and Elver highlights in his article in The Guardian, he highlights this in this article by mentioning restaurants that serve massive portions and trash leftovers, grocery stores that stock their shelves to maintain an image of abundance, imperfect produce that is unable to be solved, and households that toss inedible fruits and vegetables daily. So it's just another point to consider in this debate. Do we really need to genetically engineer faster maturity rates into animals? Do we need more efficient production of meat and dairy products when so much food is already wasted? The next point is the question of food safety. As new regulations are being put into place, beef producers that take their cattle to auction, at least around where I live, have to prove that they attended a quality insurance. It's basically just a tiny class on how to properly raise livestock so the meat is healthy, clean, free of antibiotics, and overall safe for the consumer. Now, the question of safety for genetically modified animals is based on two parts in my mind. Number one, is the food taken from these animals safe for human consumption, and are they going to cause harm to already existing ecosystems? And two, does the company evaluating these products have proper knowledge and certification? The first part is practically skimmed over due to the lack of mentioning on the second part, which you may be a little confused, but... The food produced by genetically engineered livestock needs to be tested 
for avail before available ah, before it's become available for consumption. <laughs> so the complications arise when looking into how genetically engineered animals are made. So let's take a look into this. The DNA or genes of a chosen organism are not tampered with specifically in most cases, but rather are given an added modification. So they're not specifically like their structure isn't tampered with specifically, but rather scientists add to the structure. So these modifications asserted alongside the animal genes are known to disable a fully functioning gene system, which then leads to the deformities and abnormalities that we previously mentioned. So to make this clearer, imagine you had an assembly line filled with people doing specific jobs. It's working smoothly and hardly any mistakes are made. Now, imagine that same assembly line but if people started dropping in and fighting with the workers that are already there. The new people have a job to do, but they're disrupting the fully functional assembly line and how it works. Now, the production may go up because of the increase in products, but the items produced are going to look funky and not be functional because there is a disruption in jobs. That's what basically happens in animals' DNA. Scientists insert an added quote-unquote worker with a job, but it disrupts the quote-unquote workers already there that have been doing their specific jobs for years. Scientists have admitted that they don't fully understand how animals' DNA works, which is why so many complications occur both mentally and physically in the genetically engineered animal. Now, using common sense, let me raise this question. Is every product from a genetically modified animal safe just because they tested on one from the same species? I believe that animals are like humans. Each one may react differently to genetic tampering, like how we react differently because our bodies are genetically diverse. So going back to the second part, well, actually the first part. Biodiversity is the variation of species on Earth. There is a variety even within a specific species, which means they're genetically diverse. Genetic modification, especially cloning, is constructed to not make animals genetically diverse. They're, it's made to make animals the exact same. So let me mention the Irish potato famine. Does it make sense to create a bunch of genetically animals that are exactly the same. Those who are not familiar with the famine, the Irish used to plant sections of a parent potato rather than seeds. So all the potatoes were genetically the same without diversity. When lethal pathogens arrived, they took out the entire potato crop because of the identical genetic information. A single virus can wipe out an entire population, but that doesn't regularly happen now because of genetic diversity. One animal may have the ability to fight it off. So to bounce back from to bounce back to disease resistant as an apparent advantage, if a virus cannot infect its host, it'll just evolve. Hence the flu. More strands will just keep evolving. <laughs> and eventually the problem is just worsened. You know how we have different strains of the flu? 
making modifying an animal to be resistant to every single type is just worsening the problem. Additionally, going back to that second part of the two-part question, the FDA has recently approved genetically engineered salmon salmon for ecological safety and food safety. So the biggest problem is the FDA handles foods and drugs, not the environment. They are not qualified to handle proper assessments on the ecological effects of this genetically modified salmon, yet they say to the public that it has no detrimental harm. As many livestock owners know, there's always going to be an escapee. Most of the time, the animal that escaped can be put back in the pen. But that is not always the case, especially with cattle. <laughs> Actually, as I'm recording this, there's a loose calf around here where I live and because, you know, it escaped and it's been missing for quite a while. So, the effect genetically engineered livestock on the environment around it is important for this reason. There is possibility that an animal escapes, mixes, and it can either mix with the wild population or the population from another farm. And that just creates a load of problems. Again, the FDA has declared the salmon safe because of their preventative measures to stop them from escaping. But they're not qualified to approve the animal safe of ecological harm. They have no certificate. That is not their job department. They handle food and drugs, not the environment. Now, I'm going to blow off some alarms here, but there's an argument that genetically engineered animals reduce the amount of greenhouse gases emitted. This may be true, but only to an extent. First of all, according to the United States Environmental Protection Agency, transportation and electricity are the main causes with 28 and 27 percent respectively. And agricultural or farming is the lowest on that list. And there's like six, they group the industries into like six portions. So the concern should be placed on the largest contributors to greenhouse gases, transportation and electricity, rather than the smallest. Secondly, factory farms are the reason why animal farming gets a bad reputation. Their practices harm the environment, by emitting the majority of greenhouse gases produced by the farming industry. The minor advantage to helping reduce the amount of greenhouse gas emissions doesn't balance out the unpredictability of genetically modified livestock. So let's review the advantages of these animals. They can be constructed to lower greenhouse gas emissions, produce more nutritious meat and seemingly healthier products, and be resistant to disease, and have a faster in growth maturity rate. Now, if you had to create a pros and cons list, the opposing side would take up more space. Yeah, so these animals can be genetically modified to reduce the amount of greenhouse gases emitted. But according to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, agriculture and farming are the lowest greenhouse gas emitters on the list. Focus should be more towards transportation and electricity. Another con, there are so many abnormalities and deformities that can happen and the lifespan of these animals that have been genetically modified, whether by cloning or the other ways we have talked about, their lifespan is so, their lifespan is so short if they even are managed to be born alive and they have missing limbs organs, cognitive, 
you know, problems. They can have a large tongues, which make problems for eating, extra vertebrae. It's just so many that they can suffer through. Another con. We don't need, I don't know if you can call this a con, but we don't need these animals that have, you know, been genetically modified to produce more food because we already produce enough food. We produce enough food for 10 million people. We need to fix poverty and economics and because the food being produced is not the problem. It's the problem that people have for the ability to get the food. Another con, making these animals resistant to disease would only increase factory farms because you can shove more animals into a smaller space. So it can live in the worsening conditions. Live in, <laughs> I'm sorry. Worsen the living conditions and livestock production would just get even more of a bad name because the public is going to see these large intensive animal farming practices and unfortunately the public dictates how much you know they what they buy what they use like right now the dairy industry because of milk people aren't buying milk they're buying other types of milk and bigger companies like walmart are buying people out so that can you know just snowball into live the only farms that have livestock are the big intensive animal farmings and smaller operations can be run out of a job. And I do hope scientists realize, realize and understand that this is a way of life. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. Death and sickness and all the things that come with it is a part of raising livestock. And scientists who are modifying these animals don't fully understand daily life and what goes on on the farm. And farmers love what they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in this job. They would choose something else. So by fixing, fixing everything wrong with animals, you're just taking away what animal farming and raising animals is all about. It's about hardships and it's about learning how to deal with those. Now, let me say this to you. Would you raise animals that have been genetically tampered with, knowing that they could have abnormalities and deformities and have the shortest lifespan and suffer the entirety of it? Knowing that they could destroy the Earth's biodiversity if they escaped and are not properly evaluated for food or ecological safety? Would you make a big enough profit if the public aren't going to buy this, these genetically modified meat products or dairy products? If you do make a profit, does making a profit off of raising these animals counterbalance the knowledge that the livestock industry's name and reputation is going to be ruined by the increase of factory farms? All I have to say is please take this knowledge as both a producer and a consumer and remember it for the future. Genetically engineered, my, gen, genetically engineered livestock may be just around the corner. So take in consideration what these animals have to go through and why pe scientists are trying to fix what isn't broken. So long and we'll see you next week on Farmology.